Alrighty. Guru and the Wiz back at you. You know, you know Wiz, I was uh, I was thinking about changing the uh, the theme song for today uh, into remember that on the on the radio there used to be like uh, money, 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 money. I, I thought about doing that for uh, our boy Patrick Mahomes, who signed the most lucrative contract in the history of uh, American sports uh, this past yeah, wasn't week. Wasn't that the uh, wasn't it the theme song on the on the TV show The Apprentice? <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Oh, sugar. It, yeah. was, it, it was. It was. A, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Well, <laughs> I was not trying to be political in any way, shape, or form. We, we, we've certainly steered away from that. But uh, now that you mention it, you might be correct. But uh, certainly applicable for our man, Patty Boy Mahomes, who, uh, who, who was locked up for a uh, very extended amount of time by the Kansas City Chiefs. Very, very prudent work by the Chiefs organization, don't you think? Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the contract for a minute. Um, you know, I, I've heard some different views on it. I, I heard that, you know, tremendous for both sides. I heard Patrick Mahomes getting all that I guaranteed money was great for him. I heard, you know, Kansas City made a team-friendly deal considering, uh, you know, the, 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 the gambling money that is going to be in, in the NFL uh, shortly and, and, and the average NFL quarterback back who will be making kind of that money shortly and um and uh you know that that Mahomes should have just signed for five years and then that would have been up and he would have been in his prime still to sign another contract but I don't know it, it, it seems like it's a perfect contract for everybody Pat Mahomes is the best player in the NFL at the most important at the most important position in the NFL he deserves that money having all of that guaranteed money um, and all of that security, especially in a sport where, as we've talked about, the, the lifespan of an NFL player is not that long. And, um, and, and if Kansas City stuff where they, they are now able to, you know, have the security and peace of mind that the best player in the NFL will be their starting quarterback for the next 12 years. He has two on the existing contract and 10 on the new contract. Um, you know, that's going to do a lot. And and one thing that's kind of like underrated about that is, man, you're going to get some free agents who are going to be saying a chance to play with Pat Mahomes. Even if you're a defensive player, you know that you're going to have a, a legitimate chance and be one of the favorites every year, if not the favorite, to win a Super Bowl. And uh, certainly when a wide receiver becomes um, a free agent that's, that's elite, and, and if that happens, you're going to see the chance and the opportunity to play with Pat Mahomes, I think, come into play. And uh, I don't know, you have any, any thoughts of yourself uh, about the contract? You know, so I, I think, you know, our, our buddy Ricky has talked about this. You know, when you look at some of these contracts that have been passed out to quarterbacks and the percentage of which they take up, there's been an inability of teams to actually get to a Super Bowl because – so much is tied up in one particular player that the rest of your roster is compromised for, from that. So, you know, hoping that this doesn't become the case here, and we've seen it with, you know, the, the, the Seattle's not been able to get back to the postseason. Uh, well, so not the postseason, but to the Super Bowl since, since Russell Wilson signed his monster contract. And I think that's something to worry about because you do need 
you, you do need other pieces. And, you know, the Patriots have been very fortunate. They got a little bit of a Giselle discount the last few years in New England uh, with the money that she makes. Uh, you know, Tom was able to take a little bit less money, and, and it's helpful for building the rest of the roster. So, you know, it's very hard in this day and age when you're when so much money is, is going into – you know, just a couple of players, you know, creates an environment both in the locker room and, and just a difficult situation for GMs to kind of manage through it. So, but nonetheless, you know, hopefully this ends up being a case where Kansas City's still able to feed some of the other pay- people. I know they're trying to uh, negotiate with Chris Jones on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, look, football is a team game. It's not just one guy. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen if they can still put other pieces together to repeat as Super Bowl champions because they had such a tremendous run last year. And and Mahomes, goodness gracious, it was super scary. I don't remember what week that was, but when that knee buckled, holy cow, there was a lot of gasps in the fantasy world. Uh, but he came back from it um, despite the fact that it was dislocated and snapped into back into place on national television. And, uh, you know, the rest was a fairy tale for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid, who won their first uh, Super Bowl championship since the early 70s, and Andy Reid finally gets the monkey off his back. Yeah, I think um, as far as the player goes, what's left to say that hasn't been said? When you watch Pat Mahomes play, it it looks like, you know, like when watching a 15-year-old kid play against eight-year-olds except he's playing against nfl players supposedly the best players in the world he makes it look easy he makes it look effortless um he is such an elite once in a generation type player um there's really not much to be said from a fantasy perspective i'm kind of surprised shocked even that a lot of you know, prognosticators and people who forecast have Lamar Jackson as the number one quarterback over Pat Mahomes. Um, Pat Mahomes missed time last year. His number one receiver, Tyreek Hill, missed time last year. I think if all things are equal and somebody wanted to make me a sizable wager, I'll take Pat Mahomes all day, every day, that he will put up better stats than Lamar Jackson, especially with a year of film on Lamar Jackson starting and the fact I don't believe he's going to take off and do as much running as he did last year. Um, What say you? Do you have Pat Mahomes as the number one quarterback or are you one of these guys who have Lamar Jackson ahead of him? No chance I'm taking any quarterback ahead of uh, Patrick Mahomes. I agree. I, 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 I agree. With I that. think the biggest decision that, that fantasy players have to make is in, is, when? In, is when. When and yeah. how, when and how much? That, that, you know, Not who, but when. When, when? Yeah. yeah. So in a, in in a, in a snake draft, you know, I'll, I'll ask you. And let's say we're playing in a normal normal league. Um, so it's not a super flex league. It's not six points a touchdown pass. It's a normal standard fantasy league. When should Patrick Mahomes be drafted in in, in a in a in a rotisserie draft? And how much should be spent on the player in a in a in a uh, auction draft? Yeah, I think it's interesting. In a snake draft, I think you have to start considering them at the tail end, even maybe of the first round. And certainly, I would not let that player go by the second round, um, considering how much depth there is in wide receiver. Then after those sure bets, 
so to speak, running backs are gone. Patrick Mahomes has to be drafted in the area. So in a sneak draft, tail end of round one, but more likely around around two draft, around you know drafted in round two. As far as an auction draft goes, I mean, if you're using a two hundred dollars as as barometer uh, for your league's uh, salary, I would say um, easily you got to be thinking about. You know, thirty-five, forty dollars uh, <clears throat> spending on that player. Um, I would, you know, hopefully wait to see what Lamar Jackson goes for, and then kind of use that as the measuring stick, and hope that if Lamar Jackson goes first, that the consensus of most of the guys in your league think Mahomes shouldn't go for as much, and that would be the uh, op, you know the opportunity uh, that I would wait for. W- w- what about you? Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the number is a good number, uh, that that thirty-five to forty number. And uh, I, you know, look, I came into last year. Remember my prognostications? What did I say? Fifty-five hundred yards, somewhere between fifty-five and sixty touchdowns. You know, certainly the the injury doesn't help those matters. So it's difficult if you made if you made those kind of uh, predictions at the start of the year. But you know, he's just very capable of it. The offense is very capable of it. The offense is actually better uh, this year than it was last year. Uh, if he can stay healthy and play all year, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun year for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, you know, I'm. I, I, I took him in a snake draft with my buddy Jimmy. We took him with the fifth pick. Uh, I'd probably do the same thing again this year if I, if I had the yeah. choice. You know, that's, that's how enthusiastic I still am about the player. So he, there's, no, there's no question how, how great he is. Let's move on to the running back position, and this is a stacked running back uh, oh, yeah. room here for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the fantasy darling in the preseason, Darwin Thompson, uh, the Damian Williams, who was outstanding in the Super Bowl, they signed DeAndre Washington, who's a good player in his own right from the Raiders. They still have uh, Darrell Williams on their roster. And with their first-round pick, the last pick of the first round, they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, uh, wow, what a talented running back room that is uh, from a fantasy perspective. Um, give us some early thoughts on that. Do you think um, Edwards Hilaire unseats Damian Williams uh, immediately at some point in the season? Is it a split situation? Is DeAndre Washington used uh, in some ways? What, what say you on the Kansas City running backs uh, in terms of fantasy perspective? So, so I think this year, especially given the fact that we're not going to have we're not going to have normal preparation as we would uh, in in a typical NFL season. That that kind of leans me away from Hilaire coming in and, and taking over, despite the superlatives, despite the comparisons to someone like Brian Westbrook, who was a real fantasy darling for a few years. And I think that's a great comparison. The player does remind you a lot when you how how he operated in college. So, look, you get the benefit of having a super deep running back uh, group in general, and I think you'll get contributions from everybody. It's very hard to ignore that Damian Williams had 12 touchdowns in the last two postseasons combined. So he missed a few games last year with injury. I think in games he missed with injuries, uh, you got a combination effort where it was Williams, Thompson, and every once in a while when he was active, you know, um, McCoy carried the ball. But, you know, you mentioned Washington, and he's a good catch passer out of the backfield. So 
it, this is probably a situation where I, I see this as being it's it's a it's one A one B probably Williams over Hilaire, but you're going to get sprinkled into those other players, so there'll be some watering down of expectations. I for me at least coming into the year, I think Hilaire obviously in in, in a in a in a dynasty league, uh, that's that's where the allure is there. So I think you, if you're in a dynasty league, that that player deserves a lot more attention. But I'd be a little bit more reluctant in a straightforward league to put my eggs, all my eggs, in that basket in, in coming into this season. So let me ask you a couple of quick uh, lightning round type questions about these Kansas City running backs. If they didn't draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, obviously Damian Williams is a number one running back. So the fact that they're both there, it's most likely going to take something of you know an unfortunate injury or something else to happen where either guy, um, you know, it would be in that top ten category. So my question to you is: Well, the first question is, do you have either one as running back one category? If so. Which one, and how much do you think they're going to eat into each other's produ- uh, production, considering you labeled it, and probably rightfully so, one and one A? Yeah, so I would say both of the players fall probably in that kind of 20 to 30 range for, from a fantasy perspective. I think they're really going to eat into... So I think they'll both be valuable in, in certain instances. I could see a situation where actually both players have somewhere between 800 and 1,000 yards um, of, of total yardage this year, and each player could have six or seven touchdowns. That, that's kind of the way I'm viewing it. So I, that's the way I think you need to value these two players in, into the coming season as a result of not a normal preseason and the fact that Williams is going to be difficult to unseat because he's actually been a significant contributor on this team, despite the fact that you know they, the Kansas City Chiefs went out of their way to get a number one pick. Now, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they see him as an immediate heir apparent, but I think you got to be a little bit cautious, like I said, because it's not a typical year. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that, you know, I probably had them more in that 15-ish range, probably Damian Williams, you know, somewhere between, you know, 12 and 15 at running back, and Edward Tolaire a little bit behind that. But I, I will say this, you know, does this, this Andy Reid, they're going to devise these schemes where, you know, Tyreek Hill and Hardman are going to clear everyone out, and you have to pay attention to Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field, and they're going to get the ball to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in space and look out. He is elusive, and he is difficult to tackle, and if they get him on like a linebacker, there are going to be some big, big plays, which makes me even more electrified about Pat Mahomes, but um, I, I agree with that. It, it's a great running back room, a lot of talent, and you can't go wrong with drafting any of these running backs. Um, moving on to the wide receiver position, talk about you know electrifying players. I mean, if you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs and you're a defensive back and you have a wide receiver whose last name starts with an H upon you, you're most likely to be victimized for about a 75 or 80-yard touchdown pass. Hill and Hardman are electric. you got to figure Hardman is going to be a bigger part of the offense in his second year around. Watkins and Demarcus Robinson would be starters and or certainly at least number two guys on the majority of the teams uh, in the NFL. 
talk about those wide receivers and um, and tell us, you know, uh, if you feel Hill is going to be moved back into that top five wide receiver position, considering he missed time last year, and what do you see in terms of improvement for McCall Hardman? So, you know, it's interesting. Last year, as you mentioned, you know, Hill – only played in 12 games. You know, he was nicked up in a few games. You know, last year was interesting. He only ran the ball. I, I couldn't believe this when I looked at it. He ran the ball eight times totally last year for 23 yards. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when I saw that. I, I thought I, I, if I'm, if that was his rushing line last year. Now, this is a player that got a lot of jet sweeps before. So the injury impacted him. He didn't have, I think he went eight or nine games until the Super Bowl, actually, without a 100-yard game. So he wasn't himself for a long period of the year. This player is a top five receiver if he's healthy and stays out of trouble. So that's what I would say about him. He's, you know, again, he does have the, the history of some issues off the field as well. So... One more strike, and that's a problem for the player. But he's a super, super talented guy who was hurt last year, and that diminished the returns that you got from him. So I, w- I would expect him to get back to that level. I think Hardman takes that ne- next level, that uh, ne- next move up in terms of production. Um, you know, this was a player that only really was targeted two or three times a game maximum, and, and he seemed to sprinkle in every, you know, almost every other game. You know, one bomb for for a touchdown. So. You know, there are just too many options here. So I can see Hardman moving up into that kind of 40, 50 catch range maybe this year. You know, guys like Sammy Watkins are going to kind of take a step back in the pecking order. Demarcus Robinson as well. You know, I think Hardman elevates his status on, on this offense. And obviously they have an elite tight end, which we'll talk about in a second. So it's an exciting group of players. Uh, I, I, you know, Sammy Watkins to me is not an exciting player. Uh, you know, he's taking a discount uh, to play here. But, you know, I, that's a player I would not get involved with, e- even if one of these guys went down because he's just too inconsistent. But I think this is Hardman's time to kind of step it up. Hill and Hardman in that order. Uh, but I see Hardman making a move up, you know, distinctively. And, and I think a guy that you want, would want to target, at the, you know, in the later rounds uh, and for a cheaper auction price. So uh, before we move on to it, uh, Travis Kelsey, if you take um, Tyreek Hill um, with one of your early picks um, and, and manage your number wide receiver, later in the draft, do you consider a Demarcus Robinson kind of as an unusual thing to do with wide receiver, a handcuff? Because... You know, the other wide receivers in your roster, they're probably not going to play unless you're playing with, you know, everybody starts or everybody accumulates points or you have really, really deep rosters. So in in most instances, that wide receiver you're drafting late is not going to start for you anyhow. But the idea of having a starting receiver and playing massive amount of 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 plays and, and, and enormous playing time with Pat Mahomes is very appealing. So if you draft Tyree Kill, would you recommend possibly looking at Robinson late as kind of like a handcuff? You, you could, but I actually like the idea of much like Ertz and Goddard, uh, you know, I say as as kind of we talked about uh, previously, and we'll, we'll mention it. Uh, you know, when we do the with, do the Eagles, I actually think you can combine Hill and Hardman. And really, you know, I think the player has standalone value. And if something would have happened to Hill, I think it's going to the next level. He was a rookie last year. So, you know, it takes time to get 
into the system and, and learn everything, I think he'll take, like I said, I believe he'll catch between 40 and 50 balls standalone this year. So I, I like trying to get that combination of player. Robinson, it would be a really cheap option. You're going to pay a little bit more for Hardman, just like you would for Dallas Goddard. But I, like, I, I think I'd be more impressed with having that combination than I would about having Robinson and Hill. Yeah, but the re- the reason why I said Robinson as opposed to Hardman, and obviously Hardman's ahead of him on the depth chart, is that if you're in a snake draft, you're not going to be able to get McCall Hardman with a 14th or a 13th round or a 15th. He's going to be drafted fairly early. Yeah. And in, a, in an auction draft, he's going to go for some money. So, uh, you know, um, Hardman is a standalone player and going to be drafted in every league. He's not just um, – you know, the valet for for Tyreek Hill, uh, Robinson would be the guy I think that would step up if in the in the event that Hill went down, and 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 the fact that he's you know would be drafted at the end of draft. But are you saying Hardman you like on his own, or are you just saying that as you know in, in the event that you get Tyreek Hill, if you don't have Tyreek Hill? How much do you like Hardman on his own this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Hardman, but not not like, you know, pro- he's probably going to be somewhere in that, you know, round 8 to 10 type of thing. So to your point, that's correct. So but so based on your first question about Robinson, yeah, Robinson, who was, you know, what do you have, 40-odd catches, you know, for 30-odd catches, whatever, but he, he catches some long balls. So he would be an outstanding guy who would not be taken in most, most drafts as a definitive handicap to Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. But, but would you rather draft? Would you rather draft Demarcus Robinson under under the knowledge that you're not going to start him, um, you know, and only play him uh, if if something happened to Hill or a guy like Robbie Anderson, who's a better wide receiver and is starting, but in the event that Robinson would start, he probably would put up better numbers. Who, who would you draft first in that situation? Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, I think I think that's the. You know, the interesting, interesting thinking, interesting question. And, uh, you know, elite Travis Kelsey, um, you know, people like Kittle, you know, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey just playing in that offense is just so, so dynamic. Um, is anything you need to say or want to talk about Travis Kelsey? I guess the most interesting thing to talk about Travis Kelsey is we're not going to tell you anything you don't know about the player. Is just, I guess, you know, and we're certainly going to delve into this and be much more specific as it gets closer to the draft. But kind of a snake draft, where, where are you looking at with Travis Kelsey? Um, wow. I, I, did a, I did a mock snake draft uh, the other day, and I think I took Kelsey in the – I think I took him with my either my second or my third pick um, in that draft. So, you know, to me, he's one of the top thirty players in football, um, and he should be drafted as such. So, I think somewhere in that range, late second, early third, is when you should be looking in, in a snake draft for someone like Travis Kelsey. I think he's he's just a superlative tight end, um, four thousand yard seasons in a row, between eighty and hundred catches. You know, last year I think he from an end zone perspective, he missed Mahomes a little bit, but his product, he still caught ninety seven balls. So so that's where I would be slating the player to be. Travis Kelsey in the third round. What, what, what were you having, like a one-on-one draft? How, how did Travis Kelsey I got go him. I got him in the third round in one of these things. What could I tell I mean, you? But I mean, I can, any, 
that on any scoring system not be one of the first 24 players taken. I he mean, sh- he I don't know uh, <laughs> what the, you know, who, who, who was drafting. Maybe, draft maybe it was a what? sleepy night. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I tra- uh, yeah, I mean, I think Travis Kelsey. The decision you kind of, kind of make is, you know, if you have picks, you know, ten, eleven, twelve, you know, you want to take them, you know, coming or going, either the first round or the second round. But if he's there and you're like picking in the middle of the round, and he's there a few in the middle of the round, uh, round two or the end, you know, end of round two, uh, certainly uh, add to that. Do you do you think? Travis Kelsey's value diminished the same. Uh, you're not concerned about it with all of these weapons around them. They added one now with Edward Tillaire. Well, what's the what's the thought on Travis Kelsey going to last year versus this year? No, I'm still. Uh, I still think he's a just a significant part of this offense. I, I don't see that shifting enough to make me change my my theory on this guy. I, I want to do say one thing. You know, we mentioned our boy Steph. One of Steph's fan favorites is on this roster. Uh, and he, uh, Ricky, Seals Jones, Ricky right? Seals Jones is on this roster. That's right. I don't look out for anything that Andy Reid and the Chiefs do, and they did sign him to a one-year contract. So I'll, I'll pose the same question about Hill. If you draft Kelsey and, and you have a league where you have to draft two tight ends instead of drafting one of those guys, you know, that you're never going to start, would you consider Ricky Seals Jones as kind of a handcuff, knowing that if something was to happen to Kelsey, you have the starting tight end for the Chiefs. Absolutely. I think he's a athletic guy. Um, I love the other guy that was there, too. I, actually, you know I did this with Demetrius Harris, right? Demetrius, I, I would have Kelsey and Demetrius Harris. Didn't, didn't, everybody, didn't you take the backup? You love the offense so much. Didn't you, one year in one league, you take the backup quarterback, too, for the I, Chiefs? I took Matt Moore last year to back up uh, Howie Z. And who did you drop? I dropped Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get a part of that offense, you picked up Matt Moore and dropped Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Howie Z laughed in my face, called me the dumbest fantasy player alive um, in in Rockwell's. Uh, We were sitting in Rockwell's in Pelham, and, and that's what he looked at me. He said I was absolutely out of my mind. So, by the way, that by the way, that was that was before Pat Mahomes got that buckled knee. It was it looked like a genius afterwards. Yeah, so the Ravens and Chiefs have something very much in common. They have what could be considered the number one fantasy quarterback, right? Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. Travis Kelsey certainly is in that argument for number one tight end. Andrews is not number one, but he's certainly a top five guy. And the other thing they have in common is both of them, both teams have kicker that you could make a case for are the number one fantasy kicker. Tucker, which we talked about, and the butt kicker, Harrison Butker. Tell us how much you love Harrison Butker. Absolutely love Harrison Butker. And again, what I love about Harrison Butker. I mean, he, 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 he's a beast. He kicks him from 50 plus, and he read has confidence. He sends him out there on this offense that could set records. I mean, Harrison Butker is, is, is incredible. He's a guy that you certainly uh, would be looking at the draft right at the top of your kicker board. Would that not be true? Yeah, the interesting thing about Butker, now obviously Mahomes missed a bunch of games last year. So in 2018, when the when the Kansas City offense was really clicking, uh, he only attempted 27 field goals. Last year, he attempted 38. 
Um, and that was similar to what he did in 2017, his rookie year, where he attempted 42. The thing is, in 2018, 70, 70 attempts for extra points last year down to 48. It just goes to show you this offense was not the same offense. You know, obviously Mahomes getting hurt, but that's a yeah. that's a massive drop off right there. It is it is a massive drop. Another thing that you kind of like have, you know, give Butker, I guess, the slight edge over Tucker, even though I, w- I would never put anybody above Tucker in terms of talent, is that unlike the Ravens, the Chiefs don't have a quarterback that'll start screaming at the coach to go for it on fourth and two and fourth and three. Uh, and when Andy Reid says it's time to kick a field goal, the field goal unit comes out, unlike the Ravens, where you got to get into a debate between uh, Harbour and Lamar Jackson about going for it. Um, Chiefs defense, I mean, they certainly were better uh, in the second half, uh, which led to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Uh, the good thing is you're, you know, most likely going to be winning games when you start them, and, you know, they can get after the opposing quarterback. Uh, give us some final thoughts on the Chiefs defense. Yeah, so Steve Spagnuolo is the defensive coordinator, former Giant uh, defensive coordinator. He spent some time as a head coach, but this is a guy who's meant to be a defensive coordinator because he definitely did not succeed as a head coach. But this defense made big strides in the second half of the year. I think you want to watch the Chris Jones signing and see what happens there. Remember, they brought Frank Clark in last year. Tyrone Matthew, Matthew is on this team too. It's a secondary that got some additions in the draft. They, they made... Look, they made big strides in the second half of the year, and they were actually a top 10 defense in the second half of the year. So I, I wouldn't get on someone's case for drafting these guys towards the, you know, towards that kind of between 9 and, say, 13, 14 as a defense. So a good streaming defense and, and maybe even, a, you know, if, if you're depending on your league, could be the no, a number one defense for some, uh, for some teams out there. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, certainly uh, what you say is true. Certainly streaming uh, and picking the spots for them. And I can see, you know, them being, uh, you know, overall uh, a top 10, 12 defense. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's about wraps it up. And I guess when we do our next podcast, we're going to be – at the craps table, throwing the dice because we're heading to Vegas. We're heading to Vegas. You know, it's interesting. I'm just looking at the time we've spent. I, I think this says a lot about the chief offense and the players and stuff like that. This is going to be our longest podcast so far uh, on the team capsules, and I think that's what our, that basically tells you that you know that's what this offense means to fantasy for fantasy players. So you're going to pay a premium, and these players are going to get drafted sooner in these uh, in these snake drafts. That's for sure. But uh, we're we're on a half an hour I'll time. To be honest, you. We get to Mahomes um, and Kelsey and and Hill. You could spend an hour on each player oh, talking yeah. about how great they are and uh, and 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 their potential in, in the upcoming fantasy season. So, as you said uh, correctly, uh, you know it's it's worth going over. I'm excited about the Raiders, though, and uh, they'll be next. So, good stuff. And uh, Wiz, thank you very much. Excellent job as always, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with everyone down the road. Got it. <laughs>